Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard, and your host for today's Star Wars show. I say I'm the host because I'm certainly not the star. Uh, the star is definitely Marion, and she has just gotten back from uh, Florida, where she was in beautiful Orlando for the Star Wars Celebration 2017 uh, convention. And we have all of her... Um, Beautiful convention coverage up at uh, GameIndustry.com. Uh, it's in our events section. It's in our interview section. Um, so it's 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 everywhere. Uh, but definitely uh, check that out. Marion, welcome welcome back, and thanks for joining us. Hi everyone. <laughs> so you're back in the real world. I assume that's a, that's a bit of a letdown after being in Star Wars universe for so long. Actually, it is. I mean, ever since I walked out of that convention. Life isn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marion, I know you're a huge Star Wars fan. I see some of the pictures have you in your Star Wars T-shirt uh, posing with uh, 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 Imperial pilots. It looks like and droids at one point and stuff. So, uh, it's it's pretty cool that you're a, you're a big fan. And uh, speaking of big fans, there was a this is this is not like a little tiny convention, right? This is there's there was an awful lot of people there. Yeah. Um... I mean, thousands of people, um, but they were all people who just loved Star Wars and wanted to be there and see their favorite actor and listen to the new stuff coming out and um, just be a huge part of it. And a lot of cosplayers, a lot of people coming in costume and and just celebrating of all ages. I mean, that was the big thing. I mean, it wasn't just kids or adults. It was everyone, huh. grandparents and... That was pretty cool. And uh, all the pictures, I mean, just, um, uh, you know, sometimes like at conventions and things like that, you see, you see, you know, the overshot pictures and you see a few people in costume and so forth. It pretty much looked like almost everybody was in some kind of costume in all of your photos. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of costumes. I, I wore all my Star Wars t-shirts, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. And there were so many different costumes. It wasn't just, you know, the main characters, but there was so much creativity, like the Imperial Muppets. <laughs> they were just kind of standing there, and I was like, wow, there's Muppets in, there's a, yeah, the Kermit and... Gonzo was Darth Gonzo, Vader. Darth yeah. Gonzo. <laughs> Yeah, and all those pictures are uh, will be up on our site, uh, so you guys can check them out. And uh, you, when you see the Gonzo or the the Muppet Star Wars one, man, you're gonna. I, I was laughing for like five minutes. That was hilarious. K Kermit with his kind of oversized head in his imperial uniform. <laughs> it's just crazy. Except for I wish they were I wish they were rebels, but I guess you know the rebels don't really have a uniform kind of. I mean I guess the pilots do and stuff, but the Imperials have a, a identifiable uniform where you look at someone you know they're an Imperial, you know. Yeah, I I kind of got that a lot of people just wanted to be like the Sith and the and Imperials. I mean there's the five oh first walking around and there's the Mandalorian mercs. Um, so there was a lot of Mandalorians, a lot of like stormtroopers, um, uh, a lot of Sith. Well, and I saw 
and I, I saw pilots, TIE pilots, um, Imperial officers. Oh, and I saw some of it, it's. They seem to pull from all different genres too. Like um, there were some people that pulled from the Rebels car, the Rebels cartoon. Um, there seemed to be some some characters from there, um, and of course the movies, and of course Rogue One, and it just seemed like the whole. It, they pulled from everywhere. I assume there was probably even people that were you know from the books and the comics and stuff that. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. Darth Revan. I was like, Darth Revan! <laughs> I need to take a picture of him. <laughs> and Darth Nihilus, um, those are from the Knights of the Old Republic. Um, yeah. And you, being the Star Wars geek, recognized Darth Revan. Very few people. Oh, yeah, Very... I had to take a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. That was, uh, yeah, those were some fun Star Wars games with uh, good gaming, good twisty plots and stuff. Really cool. Yeah, and I finally got a whole um, a picture of, like, Director Krennic and and his troopers. <laughs> um, but, oh, I saw that the guy yeah. who did that looked really good. I was like, hey, finally, I got a Rogue One guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was also uh, Rebel pilots um, and Jedi, lots of Jedi. And they had uh, they um, had uh, and, and let's not forget the droids. There was a huge community of droid builders there, right? Yeah, there's a uh, club, the, um, the Droid Builder Club, and they're just regular people that just really love Star Wars and love droids and they spend years making these real working astromech droids um, and it was just amazing to see how much work they put into it and they were just they had them out walk, um, walking <laughs> rolling around the uh, show floor all the time and yeah I would just be like following them taking pictures <laughs> but the, the best was BB-8 I, I couldn't believe someone spent they they actually made a real working BB-8, and that was so amazing. He's rolling around, and <laughs> lo- looking good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, got enough uh, got enough traction on the uh, convention show floor to to move properly. <laughs> Not really. I mean, he was having a little trouble on the carpet, um, but he used magnets mainly for the head to to move around. Mm, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, I also saw some vehicles, like uh, actual cars and stuff, that were there. What was yeah, with that? <laughs> it, it's just um, different people, um, companies who just reimagined cars into um, Star Wars vehicles. And there was a BB-8, <laughs> the the, the, the uh, Volkswagen. Wagon Beetle BB-8. That was I, really cool. I saw that. I saw. You know what's weird is you were at the convention. I actually saw a Star Wars car just out when I was out and about. I think I was getting ready to go in somewhere for dinner, and it kind of drove by me. And it was just like uh, I don't know what model it was, but it looked like a regular car except for it had the uh, Rebel Alliance symbol in the in the corner on the fender, and then a little bit of decoration on the hood. Um, so I don't know. Maybe Star Wars cars is going to be a thing. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, there was like there's also a Darth Vader car, um, an Boba Fett car, um, and there was there was a uh, one guy that actually took a motorcycle and put on top of it one of the speeders from Return of the Jedi. Uh, so they ended up they ended up like with this with a speeder. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So. And it's yeah. really working. I mean, you could drive it down the street if you want. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Now, a um, couple things. Uh, we did get some gaming news out of it. I mean, you, I know you were, you were like a laser zooming in on some of that stuff. Do you want to give us a little sneak peek of some of the things that we're going to be learning about uh, on the gaming front? Uh, well, the biggest thing was the Battlefront 2 trailer that 
dropped during mm-hmm. uh, the event. Right. Um, and that looks to be one of a really amazing game. Um, Battlefront was a single. Um, it was mo- it was mostly multiplayer. Um, you get together with like forty other people and battle it out on Hoth and Endor, and, and then there's the downloadable content with Scarif and um, the Death Star. But this one actually is going to have a single player, which I think a, everyone really wanted from the first game, but they finally put it into the second game, and it's. It's going to be a little different than what we're used to because instead of like the Rebel Alliance or you know the early New Republic because it's the story takes place after uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, so what we're seeing is the point of view of the Imperials. Like how are how are they feeling? Um, hmm. What were they doing? But the heroine of the uh, story is a special forces um trooper oh wow and we get it from her perspective so she's like the hero um (laughs) because it's not just the rebels had heroes but the imperials also had their own heroes and we're kind of going to get a look at that there were some in rogue one there was like there was that silver trooper who was a woman i think i mean she had a female and everything but we didn't really get to see too much about her but it was interesting to see her because you know we never really saw female stormtrooper types before yeah, um, Captain Phasma. We're going to see some more of her because she's coming. She's going to have a comic and a five series comic, and she's going to have a book coming out. Oh, wow. So it's it's going to be um, interesting to know her story and what was going on after the destruction of Starkiller Base and what she's been up to while going into The Last Jedi. Yeah, and uh, the, um, the uh, uh, Battlefront uh, trailer. Uh, I mean, you know, Battlefront the 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 not not the original, but the the original Star Wars one. Uh, I mean, it was ridiculously good looking, and somehow this looks so much better. I don't, how how do you do that? I mean, it looks like better than reality the way they have it modeled. I mean, were you impressed with how just amazing it looked? Um, yeah, um, I mean. The, the footage was incredible. It was like watching a movie trailer, really. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I mean, it got fans excited. But also, the multiplayer is going to be exciting too because it's going to include space battles. Um, I know the original Battlefront. I mean, the Death Star and Scarif missions had space battles, but these are going to be integrated into the multiplayer as when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing is, you can customize them. Um, customize your regular troopers, but you can also customize your heroes. Uh, so we're going to see that. And the heroes are going to span all eras. Uh, we're going to also see a Kylo Ren and a Darth Maul, which, which looked pretty amazing. Oh, wow. Um, and, and, they get, and they get their own spaceships, too, that are customizable. Ooh, wow. <laughs> and there's oh. progression. And so it, it looks like it's going to be the game that people really wanted. That's cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be really cool. I I hope that I hope that pans out, you know, and I, I hope they really um push the um that side of it a little bit. I mean, you know, the original Battlefront was cool, but it was pretty much just a um just a multiplayer arena. I, I hope they put a little bit more into the you know, the single player aspects of it. I don't know if they will or not, but that's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. And there's gonna be a tie in book too. So we'll um get to know what um Inferno Squad um our hero is from Inferno Squad, um, and 
she's going to get her little backstory and Inferno Squad's backstory in the tie-in book, Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad. Oh, and wow. that comes out. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And uh, not to steal any of your thunder from your eSports column, but you did have a little bit of an eSports conversation, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was a brief little conversation. I went to the um, Star Wars The Old Republic Community Cantina event on Friday, and I was so excited to go um, because I've always wanted to go to one of these and kind of see the people that are playing the game and hear hear about the new stuff coming out and how it's how it's how the game is progressing and um we got to hear a little bit um from hold on uh charles boyd the creative director of star wars the old republic and we also had a special guest come he was darren DePaul, who voiced valcorian in the latest stories internal throne and on um, knights of the fallen empire <laughs> um so that was that was pretty amazing but yeah i got to um speak briefly with charles boyd afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> and i wanted to mention um because i did that column about multiplayer and esports if they were like is there any are they ever going to do competitions or was this something they're thinking about and um they're not against it <laughs> it sounds like they they would be interested in it. it's just that there hasn't been much interest in it um, so, people are people want to see competitions. Let them know. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would be pretty cool to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, lights, multi, you know, lightsaber battles and things like that would be pretty cool as an esport. I mean, you know, almost to the point where it would be sort of a, a real kind of a sport. It'd be like fencing, kind of. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, even if it wasn't a professional sport, but like in-game competitions and things. Um, but yeah, it's. It, he sounded like, you know, it, it would be something they would do. It's just there was never much interest in it. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk about some of the highlights of the uh, of the convention. I know the uh, the first thing that you went to beginning the festivities was uh, Warwick Davis. Uh, Warwick is uh, I, I really love Warwick. He um, he had a I mean, he was an Ewok, obviously, and that was kind of his claim to fame. Uh, in the Star Wars thing, he was also he also appeared in Rogue One as one of the characters. Um, uh, but uh, he had a series on TV. Uh, he's a um, uh, I don't know what the correct term is. He's a little person, I guess you, you call it. You know, so that's why he fit into the Ewok suit. Um, but he had a TV show. It was uh, a British TV show about being a little. Per- it was a comedy basically. But he was like an agent for other little people and. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff happens. He gets kicked out of his house, and he ends up living in a in a um, chest of drawers at his assistant's house, and all kinds of weird, funny stuff. But he just seemed like a really funny, genuine guy. So I was glad to see him there as part of the convention, and he got to kind of open the festivities, right? Yeah, um, the 40th anniversary panel. Uh, he was the host, and um he did tell us you know how he was such a big he's such a big star wars fan and um how he he was only 11 when he played um ewok yeah <laughs> but but yeah he he just tell me he just, he just loved being a part of it and he's still going to be part of it cuz he's now the voice of rook in uh star wars rebels season 4 oh i didn't so know he's that. like he's going to be um in heir to the empire he was uh, in the Thrawn trilogy, he was Thrawn's like 
no great bodyguard. So this um, this is going to be pretty amazing. He was actually in the trailer um, for a brief moment. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Good, good for him. And, uh, yeah, no, I, re- I, re- I really like Warwick, and I, I hope to see more more good things for him because he seems like a re- – like I say, he seems like a really nice guy. Anybody that can do a whole series, like, kind of making fun of themselves is probably a nice guy, you know. <laughs> so, um, and the, so, but as much as I like Warwick, he wasn't the biggest moment at the thing. So t- tell me about the, the big moment there during that. <laughs> George Lucas came out on stage. I think that was wow. He, no one was going to expect him to come, and he he came and he stayed for the whole panel. Um, and he just told us his, you know, how he got started with Star Wars and just um, why he did it. Um, I mean, he really was doing it for kids um, originally, and I mean that's that's was his main audience, but. You know, it, it just grew into so much more, and to just from the movies and the books and the animated series. But yeah, he was. It was it was just amazing just to have him there and talking to his fans and just talking Star Wars and you know how, how he got started. I didn't realize he was a surprise. <laughs> I, so he wasn't like billed on the panel or anything. No, he wasn't. Um, wow. I mean, I think everybody was hoping that he'd come, but. He stayed for the whole panel, and you know all the guests really talked to him. And I mean, we we learned um, like I didn't know how he got how the Wookies came about, and he was telling us, um, especially when Peter Mayhew was there, and we did know he was coming. But the Ewoks used were going to be the Wookies. Um, there was just going to be a whole bunch of Wookies at like the end of Return of the Jedi, but. He ended up making them Ewoks, but he got the idea of like Chewbacca from seeing his his dog named Indiana <laughs> um, in a, in the front seat of his car, and he's like, so when he cut out the Ewoks, he left one Wookiee, and that would that became Chewbacca, and he became a co-pilot to Hello uh, in the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and the and the other the other ones became teddy bear sized. <laughs> <laughs> that took down the em- that took down the empire. So. That's true. That's true. With their little log traps and stuff, that was pretty cool, and uh, and fun to play in the uh, in the arcade video games too. <laughs> so um, that was pretty cool. So uh, and then there were other guests at that panel too. There was uh, there was Mark Hamill. Um, there was um, uh, oh gosh. Um, Hayden Christian, uh, yeah, well, I was thinking Ken McDermott. Oh, Hansel. No one knew he was coming out either. Yeah. <laughs> so when he showed up, you know, the, I mean, the fans just, I mean, it was just an incredible moment because he never, he, this is his first celebration. He doesn't go to these events. Um, but the idea of him being there, because there's been a lot of talk before that he maybe didn't like being in Star Wars. I mean, he tried to kill off Han Solo at Return of the Jedi. Um but to have him there means that he does care. He cares about the fans. He cares about the series. He cares about being in Star Wars. He loved being in Star Wars. And it just was a moment that probably no one will ever forget. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I'm blanking on his name. Um, oh. uh, gosh. Uh, Harrison Ford. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, there was that whole thing about um, where he 
I think he said in an interview or something that he didn't want to play Han Solo anymore or whatever, and then Han Solo obviously got killed in Rogue One. Did he did he address any of that, or did he mention any of that, or what what did he talk about, basically? Um, He actually talked about how he really got into Star... Like, how George Lucas got him to be in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he was in uh, American Graffiti, uh, which is also another George Lucas title. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he went back to carpentry work, because that's how he, what he was doing before. And I guess he was, he was just building a door... Um, on a set, and oh, for a um, hold on, uh, famous director, I, I I'm blanking right now. That's okay. Um, so he was building oh, a Francis door. Francis Ford Coppola. Yes, he was. Oh. Uh, he was building a door for Francis Ford Coppola, <laughs> and George Lucas had this idea for a space opera, and um. Saw Harrison Ford there, and they worked together, and you know that's that's uh, he got in the he got the part. It's <laughs> cool. Well, it was nice to see him. It was nice to see him there. That's pretty cool. Um, so was there? Uh, so it was kind of each person sort of talking about um, talking about you know their Star Wars experience. Or anything was there? Any like uh, news or anything, or was it mostly just like a retrospective of uh, of Star Wars? It was. It was just. You know, looking back at 40 years of Star Wars, um, I think a lot of the actors just remembering what their parts and I mean, like Hayden Christensen came on and he didn't he didn't mention how he got parts or anything. He was just telling how when he was lightsaber battling with Ian McGregor, how he was trying to make little noises with his lightsaber because, you know, we all do it. And (laughs) and and George Lucas had to tell no, don't stop. Yeah, that'll be that'll be added in later. <laughs> Things like that, and how Ian McDermott was, you know, he, he just loved playing the Emperor, and he didn't realize, like, when he was given the part of both Palpatine and Sidious, that he didn't realize that he was going to play both guys. Oh, really? And, uh, <laughs> and he, he did, like, the opera dialogue, because it's probably where he really was, he shined in that one, <laughs> talked to Hayden, and... But yeah, it, it was amazing, and, and you know Billy D. Williams was there talking about Lando and how he was just trying to create a unique character and not like a stereotypical character. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of wanted to do that, but also like Collins, like um, Samuel Jackson called in. <laughs> that was that was a moment where he's like, "I want to be in the next Star Wars." You know, you can bring back. Star Wars brings back people. They bring back Jedi. Yeah, Mace Windu. You played uh, Mace Windu, I believe, right? And then uh, yeah. So, but he's dead now because the Emperor killed I mean, him. But yeah, who I mean, knows? we brought back Darth Maul, and he was cut in half in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, so well, if you can bring someone cut in half back, you can you can bring back someone who was struck by lightning and fell thousands of stories down on Coruscant and. I mean, he's oh, a Jedi. Well, if, no, if, nothing, if nothing else, he can be a hologram, but <laughs> they seem to be able to come back as holograms, if nothing else. Um, and, and Liam Neeson was like, you know, how he appreciated being Qui-Gon Jinn, and, you know, he, was, he joked about he was filming a, filming a movie about, like, dark Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So that was that was the that was kind of the first thing that you guys that you guys did when you were there. Um, was there any other highlights of uh, of day one? Yeah, I think um, actually the 40th panel they did that amazing tribute to um, Carrie Fisher, and oh, right. I, I mean you knew they were going to do something, but that was just a beautiful moment because 
it was done, it was given by her daughter, Billy Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most appropriate thing for her to walk out and talk about her mother and how much her mother really, really loved being part of Star Wars and how much she loved her fans. And they had a whole like video montage and it was just, it was just amazing. And then John Williams, John Williams ended it with, he came on and he played the Star Wars music. So that was, I think that was a fitting end to that whole 40th. God, what? I mean, where do, where do you go from there? That's day freaking one. <laughs> so, uh, well, I know uh, moving into day two, uh, there was uh, there was another um, thing, and that was the uh, the the Last Jedi trailer, right? <laughs> so now, so you you did not sit in the overnight line. So I don't know if you're a true fan or not, but you got there pretty early, even though it ended up being too late. <laughs> um. Yeah, I uh, the first day I was there at 4.30 in the morning in line, and the line was, like, still long, even at that time. And then day two is, like, out the door, around the street, around the corner. I, I actually, at least I got into a live streaming stage, but I was just so amazed how many people wanted to show up just overnight to see this. I, I didn't really mind not being the live stage because I really just wanted to see that trailer with sure. thousands of other fans and their reaction and hear you know hear what they had to say and it's the whole experience. So, I, so what was the uh, what was the reaction to the trailer? I mean, what, what did you? What, I mean, what was it like there when you saw the trailer for the first time with all the fans? <laughs> Clapping, you know, cheering. I mean, it was silent for the trailer, but then afterwards it was like people just. It was amazing. It was. It, it felt like we were watching a movie, <laughs> the way people reacted afterwards, because it was. It was so anticipated, and but yet we got a lot out of it. Like, hey, does Luke talk? Um, <laughs> and, and he does. <laughs> he, well, yeah. Well, he's kind of in the shadows, but you can kind of see his um, mouth moving. Well, the uh, things that he says too. I mean, he yeah, he, says, it, he says that you know the Jedi Order needs to end. That's kind of a powerful statement there. Yeah. What what I think. I think some fans were getting that it's it's the gray Jedi Order they were talking about, the balance, like where Jedi are going to be using the both dark and light. I mean, there's no real Jedi Order anymore. It's like this kind of coming together of both sides to create like the gray Jedi Order, the, the balanced uh-huh. Jedi. Um, so that's we're going to see that develop, and we're going to see the Resistance fighting back the First Order. Um, like hopefully we'll see more of Phasma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's there's a lot going on in that trailer, and and uh, I, I, we're pretty excited. Pretty and then cool. there's the poster. <laughs> the poster yeah. got a lot of attention. I actually I, I have it right now. It's um, needing to be framed, but <laughs> this is why you stand in line from 4:30 in the morning to get, get a poster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was the what, what what did the poster get attention for? Um, because it well. Because uh, it's the first real The Last Jedi poster, but also because of that whole, there's Luke and there's Kylo Ren and there's Leia. I mean, not Leia, uh, <laughs> uh, Ray in the middle, and you know, Ray is like standing there with the lightsaber, and you have Luke and um, Kylo like split. So mm-hmm. it could be the light, the dark, the balance. Um, I mean, there's kind of a lot of things going on in that poster, but it's a powerful poster, and it's kind of telling what the story's going to be. It's going to be about those three characters and like, and the, and the Jedi, 
balance of the force, the different force, like what's and yeah. So it, it kind of speaks to fans. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so then, uh, so that was the the last jet, and, and then they they had a they had a panel too, right? That talked about the talked about the 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 show, the the movie. Yeah, um, Daisy Ridley was there. Uh, John Boyega came on stage. Um, uh, we had Ryan Johnson talk about the directing the movie. Um, Kathleen Kennedy. So that that and BB-8. And uh, of course, Mark Hamill came. <laughs> Did BB-8 give an interview? <laughs> um, he wasn't talking because Josh Gad was the one who hosted. And he was kind of trying to get Daisy to say anything and no one was speaking but um what we did get is we're getting a new character uh rose um and she starts out as a resistance maintenance worker and ends up i guess fighting for the resistance so it's oh, kind cool. of interesting to see her character as well oh um, that'll be neat this kind of a kind of a rogue one angle there a little bit you're kind of a common person moving up yeah. into the thing so. I'm also noticing there's a lot of heroines now. Um, we're getting a lot of stronger female characters, a lot of um, mm-hmm. women coming, developing, and, and becoming these heroes. So that's that's kind of cool. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, one of the interesting things about the convention that I thought was very interesting was it wasn't just about the movies. It wasn't just about uh, you know the films and things, uh, but it was also uh, there was also a big emphasis on the Star Wars books and the comics. Yeah, um, and, and the and the animated shows and yep. it. Yeah, well, I was gonna I was gonna talk about Rebels <laughs> as a separate tab because I know you're really big into Rebels, but I wanted to get into the um, specifically the uh, the roundtable that you went mm-hmm. to, the writers' roundtable. Yeah, it's. I I mean, I just had to go to. I mean, there's so much stuff going on in these conventions that you kind of had to pick and choose what you really want to see. Um, and I think the behind the scenes panels were some of the most um, exciting or interesting ones. I went to the, the first day I actually went to the Rogue One production um, uh, talk with David Chang, who is the executive creative, the creative producer of Rogue One. So that was kind of cool. Um, I'll be writing something on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I went, um, Friday I went to the writer's round table because there's all these different authors that including Timothy Zahn, which I'm reading his Thrawn book now, which is turning out to be a really great book. Oh, cool. um, but yeah, it, it was interesting just to hear how these writers think and how they develop their characters and, and what they want to see in the books. Um, and well, and I, think, I think the other interesting point that you made that was Im- impressive to me was that the, the fan reaction was just as impressive and just as strong to the, the writers of these books and the, and, the, and the authors and the illustrators as it is to the, 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 the stars of the movies, right? Yeah, they, I mean, when we, when we saw the new book covers, I mean, people just cheered because <laughs> they were so <laughs> excited to see, like, a Phasma book, you know, I mean... We were finally going to hear what who Phasma is and, and see how she, see where she went to and what she's been up to and and, and seeing like um, books on uh, like the Revel I mean Rogue One books and even children's books. Um, it, it's it's good to see that they're you know um, it, it's not just there's not just adult books but there's a lot of children's books coming out and I think that's really important for kids. I mean, there's a BB-8 book coming out. It's so cute and charming. 
like Avengers. I saw the. <laughs> well, I saw the one that had like a Wookiee on the cover or something. Yeah. You, so I mean that's. Well, I mean that's like you say with George Lucas. You know, he originally created Star Wars for for kids, basically. At least that's what he had in mind. So, I mean, it's it's nice that that angle is is still there. I mean, for a while we had Lucas Learning, which was the video game that made. Uh, well, not very good video games for kids, but um, but, but you know, it's it's interesting that 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 angle was there, and and you know, as certainly as some of the movies branch out, like Rogue One was definitely an adult themed movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know if a little kid, you know, like I have a friend who takes his kids to see all the Star Wars movies, and he didn't take his kids to go see Rogue One. It was a little yeah. too mature for them. So it's nice to see that there's still that. Um, you know that that emphasis for the for the younger audience too, because those will those kids will grow up and be the the hardcore fans that go to the convention yeah. in a few years. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's what IDW is going to be putting out. They're um, they're going to be putting out a a new like um, comic series for kids. Oh, cool! And it's it's really those who are not old enough to um, for the Marvel comics yet, but. They they mm-hmm. just want to get into the comics and get into the characters and the heroes and and things and stuff. So that, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Marvel co- the Marvel comics are kind of uh, a little bit more skewed towards kids. I mean, compared to like DC comics and stuff like that. But but yeah, I guess there is sort of a gap there. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, and it's Star Wars, so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and, I, and also I mean, just hearing what the how the authors like, um, you know, how they how they feel about their characters and how, where they took their characters and how they created their characters. Like, um, Delia Dawson, um, she just wrote a book called The Perfect Weapon, and there is this mercenary in The Force Awakens who we just see in Maz's Cantina. She's the one that contacts the Imperials, or, I mean, uh, First Order. And we don't know anything about her. We, I mean, we just saw her briefly and she said a couple words, but she took this character, took this picture, took these few words and turned her into a character for a book. I mean, it's the book's all about this one character. And so I think that's, what's good about these books is they, these authors that they take this one character that just has a brief moment and they turn it into a bigger character, a more important character to the whole star Wars universe. Yeah, did they talk at all about um, canon? I mean, you know, because uh, I remember when I was growing up, um, there were Star Wars books that were coming out, and my friends were reading them, and they were like, well, this happened in the book, and I'm like, well, really, that doesn't that... And they were like, well, it's not canon, you know. But I think now there's more of an emphasis on where everything comes out kind of contributes to the Star Wars universe, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everything is sort of canon in a way. Did, did anybody address any of that? Yes, and I think the person that did was probably the most appropriate because it is Timothy Zen who, I mean, he created Thrawn. He created a lot of the characters we knew from the expanded universe. But Mm -hmm. Thrawn, he kind of, we didn't know if he was really going to be, I mean, we thought he was Legends, but he ended up being back in the canon, and he didn't change him. Um, He he was... He pretty he kept he was able to keep Thrawn exactly the same as he was in Air the Empire, uh, the, Thrawn, and the Thrawn trilogy, and um, Outbound Flight. That was his backstory uh, when he was in the Chiss Ascendancy. So I think he he had no problems doing that, like no problems with having to change some things, but keeping that one 
particular character is exactly the same. So he's taking the old stories and putting it into a new timeline, new era. Hmm. Cool. Very cool. Um, and then uh, I want to, like I say, I promised we would talk <laughs> about Rebels. I know you're a huge Rebels fan. Uh, I also like the Rebels. And the, the interesting thing, we talked about canon. The interesting thing is that uh, I know when Rogue One came out um, and people were talking about the crystals in Rogue One that they were mining and stuff, and they were like, they were like well, the, here's what the crystals do and why they're important. And they were pulling that information from Star Wars Rebels. So the things that happen in Rebels, I guess, are, are, ta- are canon then, too. Um, so there's, it's kind of like an extension of the of the whole Star Wars universe. But but tell me a little bit about the the Rebels panels. What what, what that was like? Uh, I, at least I got to see that one live, <laughs> um, and I didn't have to wait in line since like five o'clock. Um, but I thought being a huge Rebels fan, seeing any Clone Wars fan. I mean, I started back to Clone Wars. I've like seen every episode, season. I own it. <laughs> um, but. But Rebels is better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rebels is great. Um, so, you know, Dave Filoni was there. Um, Tia Sakar, who is uh, the voice of Sabine Wren, was there. Um, Freddie Prince Jr., who does Kanan Jars, was there. Um, Taylor Gray, who does Ezra. And Steve Bloom, who did Zeb. Um, so they were there, and they were they were discussing their character they're discussing season three um and then what we're going to see in season four um this is uh, warwick davis also came on stage at the end to talk about rook (laughs) and how he's incredibly excited to be in rebels (laughs) um but you know they went they kind of went into the development of season three and where the characters were when they left off and i think i mean there's two characters really that developed the biggest in in season three and that was Kanan Jars and Sabine Wren. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanan, he was blinded in season two um, oh. by by Darth Maul, so he had to confront that. And and Ezra was falling to the dark side, so he had to confront that. So he he was just giving up until he met this force being called the Bendu, and um, who was neither light nor dark he's kind of in the middle he's balanced like he Mm -hmm. he didn't want to get himself involved in anything and um he but he became Kanan's teacher and kind of showed him that he there's so much more to his life and he needs to be there for Ezra and for that was uh, a family yeah having seen that that was pretty Mm -hmm. interesting episodes too with the with the controlling the spiders and all that stuff, it was it was it was scary for me. <laughs> yeah, and then he was trying to tell Ezra like, you know, don't attack them. You know, just you know, kind of like elf and reach out with your feelings. You know, to you calm. You know, to get get rid of your emotions. Just mm-hmm. be yourself. Be be one with the force. <laughs> it just you know, um, kind of like calm them down. But, um, yeah, but he. You can tell that um, it's Ezra is growing so much that Kanan no, it's really doesn't feel like he needs to be there anymore for Ezra. Like Ezra's kind of developed stronger on his own. So then he took Sabine under his wing when Sabine got a hold of the Dark Saber, which mm-hmm. is an ancient lightsaber from a uh, Mandalorian Jedi, who mm-hmm. pretty much is a symbol of Mandalore. Um, those who hold it lead the Mandalorians um, but at the end you don't think there's there's conflict where Sabine has it but now it's in the possession of Clan Wren and 
I don't think she wants it, so we don't know who actually is going to wield it in the end, but um, it has united the clans, it has united the Mandalorians, um, but Kanan trains her, and and she's frustrated, she doesn't want to do this anymore, she walks away, but then is talked back into it, and when she finds the strength, because she just lets go of all her past, and we learn so much more about who she is, she gets rid of her fear, and it's strong, and yeah, she's able to wield it. So I think <laughs> that was a major point that they talked about. And, uh, the, well, the big news, I guess, is that there will be a season four, but that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, we were all pretty sad. <laughs> um <laughs> But I I think that it's a good thing that and and I Dave Dave Filoni did talk about this how he couldn't finish Clone Wars and I mean I think as fans I was kind of frustrated we want we wanted to see an ending to it a closing there was a few episodes in like this part series um, but he really never closed it so now he has a chance to close it with meaning and do it right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always, I mean, just, just with TV series, is it's always n- nice in a way when, when they know, you know, it's not just like, oh, by the way, you're not coming back next season, and there's no ending for you, you know? It's, yeah, and, and hopefully we'll see, like, it going up to, like, Rogue One era, because Saw Gerrera is coming back, uh, which, mm-hmm. is, which is exciting. Um, and we're going to see a Ewing. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so that's Rogue One type thing. But yeah, it's it's getting there. And we know some characters do uh, survive because um, in Rogue One you do hear General Syndulla's name. And so oh, we're that's not, right. We might not see a promotion. Um, sound like that? They didn't really want. Hera is not the type of person that cares much about the promotion. She's there to fight. She's there to to, uh, you know, free the galaxy from the evil empire. And she's the one that um, you call her up. You don't even have to call her to a briefing. She's, she's, in, she's in the ghost ready to go. <laughs> uh, so she just gets a promotion. And Chopper, um, apparently Chopper's in Rogue One. I have I've yet to see Chopper in Rogue One, so I'm going to have to oh, really? rewatch it again. And He's like in a scene somewhere? Yeah, he's in a scene. <laughs> Chopper's a big movie star now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah, well, um, also, uh, you know, Thrawn's back, which mm-hmm. we all love Thrawn. And and Dave Filoni said something that was pretty interesting. He he really, he said that Thrawn was always going to be in Rebels. They they had had him from the beginning. So Thrawn was always going to be a character. He's always existed. But they mm-hmm. wanted to know how to bring him back. And, I mean, we saw some baddies that went, left and went throughout. Uh, we had the Inquisitors kind of disappear. We had Darth Vader show up until he had that fight with Ahsoka, and now we don't know what happened to Ahsoka. Um, but Thrawn's around. He came back and he came in Season 3 um, to, we'll, to try to finish off the Rebels. Um, mm. But we'll see how he progresses. And with, his, with Rook in it, it could be more like um, the Thrawn trilogy this last season. <laughs> so oh, we'll see be, the fate of Thrawn. <laughs> that'll, um, that'll be really cool. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to point out or mention about uh, the, uh, the the convention? Um, interesting is that it isn't um, it isn't going to be around next year, right? Uh, so then it's it's skipping a year. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be back in 2019. Location, I I'm not I don't know yet. Uh, there, it's probably going to either be Anaheim or Orlando. Um, in 2019, Disney is going to be opening the Disney Park theme lands in both Disney World and Disneyland in 2019. So that that could coincide with that, and we'll see Episode Nine in 2019. Yeah, I saw a uh, uh, article in CNN uh, the other day about uh, apparently if you go to Disney Disney World now, um, the uh, or Disneyland, I guess it is the one in California. There's uh, Disney representatives that go around and they like you know they. They randomly pull people aside and ask them, "What do you want to see in a Star Wars uh, land or whatever?" And uh, so, so they're definitely soliciting things. So, what do you what do you want to see in a Star Wars uh, theme park, uh, Marion? <laughs> um, well, I I mean, there's there's images out of. I mean, they're already constructing it, and I know there's a big giant ATAT. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that 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 something that was pretty interesting in the in the uh, convention um they had all these props uh we saw the the cars but they also had uh, a giant ATAT, um, mm-hmm. which caught my eye and uh that huge i guess life-size tie fighter that was at the starwars.com stage that was, thing was huge <laughs> i kind of hung out in that area because the starwars.com live show was going on and you never know who showed up because I got out of the um, Last Jedi panel and kind of headed down that way. I uh, wanted to be on the show floor. So I kind of hanging out with the uh, TIE Fighter, and, and, I, and I'm on TV, actually. <laughs> Sometimes the camera came by. Um, but all of a sudden, John Boyega came out. He just, he just came out on the stage to be with the fans with a T-shirt cannon. and <laughs> <laughs> So that, 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 was, that was fun. Um, but, yeah, there was that. And, and – uh, the Lego, um, Lego. Oh, the Lego people—they they were yeah. pretty impressive. They, yeah, they were, they had a Kylo Ren, they had a Finn, they had a Poe Dameron. Um, Poe Dameron comics are out, and actually, F, uh, issue thirteen came out Wednesday. So Marvel is talking about that. So well, Lego has always been involved in Star Wars because I mean, there's the Lego, the Lego Star Wars games are probably the best of the Lego games uh, for video games. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking right now at my. Lego TIE Fighter, my Lego Shuttle Titerian, my Lego Sith Warrior um, ship. <laughs> yeah, it, that was amazing. I, I seeing the someone put all those Legos together, create those characters. That was fun. Yeah, I, they have like the Lego Masters or whatever you yeah. can become eventually, and uh, it's it's a big process. So definitely, um, was there anything else you wanted to add about the uh, the Star Wars celebration? Uh, anything? It's definitely. For any Star Wars fan, it's definitely worth going to, I assume. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, there, there's just a lot to do. I thought the panels and discussions were a big part of it. Um, you can walk the show floor. You can stand in line for like 30 minutes to hopefully get your book signed. There's a lot of lines. We're going to the well, stand in line to go to the store. <laughs> but there's a lot to see, a lot to do, but... There's a lot of information out there where, you know, you sit down on a panel, you sit down with one of the creators, and you hear how they created the movies, how they, how they write the books, how they, how they do all this behind-the-scenes stuff, or how they create new stories. And I think that 
is something I got out the most from that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, Marion. So, uh, so should we should we put you down for 2019? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got a plan better. <laughs> they had this whole wristbanding thing, and you had to like stand in line, stand in line. If you miss the line. You don't get a wristband. You can't go in, and yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, you'll know next time. You'll be you'll be a veteran. So and then we can talk about the next movie. All right. Well, well, Marion, thanks for uh, traveling all the way to Orlando and bringing us all the uh, news from um, from the Star Wars uh, celebration. And uh, like I say, all of that is up on. Uh, uh, just go to GameIndustry.com, look in our events section. Uh, there's, there's where you can get to the, the main piece. I'll, I'll, I'll probably put a link up if you're if you're listening to this show on Jin. I'll put a link. Uh, I'll try to put a link on the YouTube site too. So uh, so there should be ways that you can get to her uh, stuff and uh, more to come. You've got uh, some more stuff that'll be up in the next couple days. So. Yeah, the Do- cosplay impressions, cosplay. Um, I, I I'll put up my. The discussion on Rogue One because I thought that was interesting. Know how they actually created like K2SO and the different um, locations. That was fascinating. And uh, yeah, and I'll have a Thrawn review <laughs> coming soon <laughs> once I finish it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I assume you'll be a fan, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Marion. I appreciate it. Um, I'll let you get back to sleep now as you recover from uh, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, but thanks for joining us today. And uh, everybody else, um, may the Force be with you. 